Welcome to Soul Forum. I'm Dan Center. And I'm April Bell. And together we co-host a series of conversations and reflections that explore the unfolding search for that sense of soul. The way folks from all walks of life stumble into or construct or give shape to what they describe as their most authentic self or their spiritual sense of things or their own wisdom path. What I really love about this introductory series that we call In Search of Soul is the diverse ways in which the folks we interview describe how they awaken to all of this in their own lives. From the college student to the 87-year-old environmental activist, married couples, those in mid-career, every story and reflection opens up some new window in how we might all find our way into an experience of our own individual or collective soul. Episodes include my reflections on the conversations that integrate insights from poets and theologians, philosophers, and even my 35 years of experience working with all sorts of folks in search of a worthy spiritual path. And I am honored as the founder of a storytelling and wisdom keeping project to spend time with each of them to allow their life story to help give you a sense of how every moment of life can draw you into your own sense of soul. Soul. It's that integrative force that so many experience as a guiding principle or an orienting force in their lives. So give yourself a moment to journey a little deeper into the human experience. Welcome to Soul Form. And so today, I, I think the reflections that I want to share with you as I spent some time with Candy is, you know, how do you tether your spirituality to your own uh, kind of heartbeat or the, the depths of who you really are. And that's what I hope to explore with you today. It's almost as if I want to invite you to think of kind of the, the world that exists you know, sort of at the heart of who you are that you are called to explore prior to giving expression to how you might um, articulate your spirituality. Does that make sense? There's something about the conversation I had with Candy that's just a reminder that the, the expression of faith or of religiosity, spirituality, um, the way in which you craft wisdom, it really won't work that well. <laughs> it really won't work that well, if at all, unless it is tethered or tied to your own sense of your true self. This last week, I got a, um, a link to a Ram Dass movie that I had seen long ago, and it was just a clip of the Ram Dass movie. And for those of you who know Ram Dass, he's a guy who spent a lifetime uh, and huge amounts of energy and focus to try to establish a real spiritual life, to try to explore that for himself and to give expression to it. And he went to no, uh, to lengths beyond any of us will take uh, to explore that. And in this small clip, Ram Dass has a quote in it I think is fitting for today. He says this, each of us must be true to ourselves 
to hear what is our unique way through. Do you get that? Each of us must be true to ourselves to hear what is our unique way through. And then he goes on to say, because if you get a kind of phony holy going, whatever that might mean to you, a phony holy, whatever, if you get that kind of thing going, it ends up just kicking you in the butt, is his quote, which is just very Ram Dass. <laughs> that it's just not going to work out for you, right? It's going to be an agitation. It's going to be, uh, it's going to grate against you ultimately if you find some sort of spiritual construct that holds your life that is not tethered to your truest self. And that's, and that's what I want to explore with you today. To do that, I want to invite us into a moment where, um, like a, a little mini pause, because the way that Candy expressed it was that she had found that um, over the course of time, she has come to stand firmly in a place that resonates with her heart of hearts. Maybe she would refer to it as soul. Uh, sometimes she's referred to it as her core. You know, it connects to her core. And I would just invite you today, as this is where we want to end up, with this idea of before you think about and reflect upon what matters most to you, Make sure that you have a connection to your own heart of hearts, right? Are you, are you in touch with sort of the ground of your own being? And that, that should always be your starting place. You don't have to adapt or adopt some sort of um, pre-prescribed uh, road or path that you want to apply to your life. It simply has to kind of, it has to come out of you. It has to come out of who you really are. In so many spiritual practices, there is this invitation uh, to maybe center or to um, pause, to be fully present. I, th I think while that is a practice that many religious traditions invite people into, what I want you to think about on a more global scale today is how is that like practice lived out in your, in your wider expression of who you are as a uh, spiritual person or a person who um, is attempting to give full expression to that which is stirring within, right? However you frame that, make sure you're starting there. As Ram Dass says, each of us must be true to ourselves in order to hear what is our unique way through the life that we are in. How do we stay in touch with that? Like so many of us, uh, this interview this last week uh, reminded me that um, we all kind of live as we start out in life in some sort of contextual situation, right? It's a, um, a framework of which, what kind of family you're born in, what kind of community do you live in? What's the religious life, maybe, if you've experienced that, that um, certainly like many of us, Candy did, right? She grew up in a, in a church that 
uh, felt like home to her, clearly. She was part of the youth group and she was involved deeply in the whole congregational life. Um, so she, uh, she had around her the framework in which she was uh, invited to discover self. And all of us are like that, right? Um, I grew up in a particular place, a particular tradition. It has so much influence on, on who we are. Um, one woman I talked to uh, thinks of it as social location. You know, we sort of find ourselves in this matrix and we have to sort of figure out who we are initially inside of this matrix. And it, that's typical, right? <laughs> and yet somewhere in that process, and this happened for Candy, I bet it happens for you, I know it happens for me, we find that we begin to hit the boundaries of that space that has been for us our, our clear idea of how we begin to establish identity and who we are in the world and how we fit in and what's our personality like. We begin to bump into the walls. And for Candy, she said that she realized that she was living in a world that was very black and white and she realized that she was beginning to see gray, that she wasn't comfortable or it didn't resonate with her to somehow see the world that clearly, that she knew there was more to it than that. And so she began to push the boundaries of that. Growing up in the Midwest, I didn't fit where I was because things were either right or wrong, black or white, and we're not talking about, you know, race. We're just right. talking about yeah that's how it is yeah. and it took going away to college to kind of for me to start thinking on my own so um the first first college i went to i actually went to um christian college oh, really? in illinois for one semester um i grew up in indiana and my parents are paying like double tuition for me to go there but I had been raised in the church. I was the president of the youth group. Oh, you know, I, I mean, so I had this, I wrote for the church newsletter. You know, I was like the good girl who went yeah, through all those really steps. Were. Yeah, and it wasn't, I didn't go to Christian college thinking I was gonna meet a husband or a preacher. I went because I felt like I should go. I got there and it was so defined. Like we had chapel every day. We had to do certain things at certain times. You were required to do it. And I just, you know, I'm a little stubborn Taurus and I kind of railed against some of that. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And I remember, it's a terrible story. I remember to get out of chapel, we had to go into the bathroom, hide on a toilet and pull our feet up <laughs> so that we work. couldn't be seen and we didn't have to go through chapel. But it was kind of like the rebellion yeah, part right. of it. And that was when I realized that this doesn't fit me. It's not that I don't believe and don't have faith and that I um, think that there's a higher power, but this way of doing it doesn't yeah, fit me. Yeah. Did you have any idea what the alternatives might be at that point? No. Or were you just like, no. I'm not going to fit it? I mean, that, this that is a little bit panicky too. To yes. Think, I don't fit in and I don't know where I'm going to fit in. Right. When it comes to this. And I felt guilty because my parents paid double tuition. It was like, you know, because it wasn't, you know, and there you are sitting on the toilet with your feet uh -huh. up. Uh-huh. I mean, they're paying uh -huh. for it. This is so interesting because that's all I was raised in. Yeah. Why am I said why right. is this suddenly not okay with yeah. me? And I don't think I knew. Yeah. Um I dropped out in uh December. I waited six months and then I went to Ball State in Muncie, Indiana. And I'm not sure that when I got there, 
I even kind of knew. And I went through, hmm, I don't know how many years to call it. I went through a lot of years of really not being connected to my faith at all. Um, maybe 15 years. Yeah. So you just kind of, it sat on a shelf somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, did you find that you were starting to get involved? Did you have any inklings of the sort of the social justice edge of yourself? Like, were, you know, what, what, what would activate your, you know, you like get your right. gender up when you thought, man, man, there's got to be more to this than that, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that savvy at that age. Yeah. The other thing that came up for me was, you know what? I just got to be real. I can't be anything other than who I am. Yeah. And I don't want to waste any of my time or my years not being that. Yeah. I'm hoping that as you listen to Candy tell her story, what you're, what you're hearing is a description of her own kind of hero's journey, right? The way in which she slowly kind of deconstructs the um, almost like the construct that was holding her as she enters into that college experience and realizes that that's not really who she is, right? There's some sort of shaking of the foundations as um, she pulls back this um, almost like a veil that can no longer uh, cover her experience of self. That's what I'm talking about. In order to find your way into an authentic sense of your spirituality, there is this almost requirement to pay attention to who you really are and to kind of link or discover uh, the depth of that awareness and then to begin to live out from there. That like Ram Das said, and the kind of in that in this theme we're exploring, right? You can't just do phony holy. You've got to really link it to um, who you truly are. The other thing you'll stumble into pretty quickly when you talk to Candy, and I think this is a um, almost like a critical piece of it, is that it's also linked to life's trauma or struggles or disappointments, um, the things that you know challenge us so deeply that the path of your own spiritual journey also is um, like birthed out from your lived experience. Um, even if that lived experience is uh, deeply uh, challenging, right? And that's, and so listen to Candy as she tries to then um, integrate all of the degrees of suffering and trauma that she's had in her own life and how that the energy of that is also harnessed in the way in which she understands her spiritual journey. And I, I want you to pay attention to that because I think it's an invitation to you too to think, you know, not every negative experience in life is just something to be um, discarded or forgotten or, oh my gosh, I hope I can get beyond this. But you can also find in the way in which you crawl out of your own challenging experiences um, some uh, vibrancy that has residual in your own uh, soul's path as well. So here's Candy talking a little bit about um, some of the challenges she's faced along the way 
and how they have affected her understanding of her own soul's journey. And I think that's why I keep talking about like the um, deaths or the trauma or the illnesses because so many of those things took me to a place that I had to crawl out of. And when you're crawling out, you're figuring out a lot of stuff. You're figuring out what's important, you know. Um, even with cancer, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that I could die. But clawing out of that and then continuing to make a life and then continuing to grieve for Rick, you know, because I, I had cancer like three months after he died. Oh, wow. So it was all in the first year. Yeah, that's even worse. Yeah. 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 So, you know, very quickly those things became compressed in yeah. time. Yeah and probably much more solid in who I am. Not to amplify it or anything, but I had four surgeries in two years during that same time, and a year before Rick died is when Frankie killed himself. I think I've always been processing it in the last couple years, but it's only been probably year, maybe two years, that yeah. I felt like I was back on my legs, and yeah. I'm like, okay, this is how I'm gonna go about things. Wow. It took a long time. This is a pretty new, different place that you're in, it feels like, if, it, if it's only a year or two out. Yeah, it's um, by um, level of commitment, but mm -hmm. not by drive. Like my level say, of... Say more about that. Okay, level so, of commitment, but not by drive. I so the drive has always been there, I think, from uh, childhood right. of being a helper, doing things, helping others. But the way that that looks and how much I go after it, and how much a part of my life it is, that's different. Mm -hmm. So it may have always been a part of me, but and I did, quote, little things, or I did things along the way, but this is my life now. Wow. I've always been a caring person, but recently I've come to think of myself as an empath, mm -hmm. much more, because I feel things deeply. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, um, some of my childhood trauma and the death and illnesses and struggles that I've had have really shaped more of that. Mm -hmm. um, because even when dad died, I internalized a lot of that. I can't say that my siblings and I have a similar experience, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I'm kind of used to feeling different. Yeah. than a lot of people yeah, and so it didn't but I was old enough to start trusting that in myself mm -hmm. you know where before I might have questioned it right and not kind of just stood there or been in it yeah. as much it feels the most real to me in those spaces the most real about who I am um, it can be a little overwhelming but I think because I've gone through a lot of um, trauma, deaths, and illness, and struggles, mm -hmm. I think that built a lot of the capacity. Yeah. I had to. It was part of surviving and being okay and going on in life, yeah. you know? Um, now I feel like it's almost a responsibility, knowing what I know and who I am, to put it out there mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. I don't always know how, and I don't know what shape it's going to take or with what organization, but that to me fills me up. This kind of work feels very core to me. Mm -hmm.
feels very much aligned with who I am, everything I've learned in my life up till now. Yeah. Like, okay, you learned all this, you went through all this stuff, Candy. Now do something with yeah. it. In, a, in addition to being in touch with who she was, all of a sudden, uh, it, it's almost like it allowed her to see her uh, spiritual vocation, right? Her, her compass, the way in which she can now orient in world, that now has this firm foundation that's birthed not only out from who she truly is, her heart of hearts, her center, her core, but also is informed by the empathy and the capacity for compassion that she experienced and discovered through suffering as well. And that you and I, as we think about our spiritual journeys, we too, and I know this from all the people I've had conversations with, it's not just this like um, a yellow brick road, you know, that's like easy to go down. It's full of, of um, both agony and beauty at the same time folded into one. And I don't know anymore that there is any kind of normed way to uh, give expression to your own religious life in the world. I just think whatever it is, you've got to tether it to who you really are. Ram Dass put it this way in another quote. He says, uh, the spiritual trip ultimately is not a cave in the Himalayas. It is not an escapism methodology, right? You can't, you can't just bury yourself in something and think that's going to be your new spiritual, um, uh, your, what would you, your spiritual expression, right? You can't bury yourself in a church institution. You can't bury yourself in a cave of meditation. You can't just pick a path and go, that's, that's what it is, and I'll just follow it until it makes sense, right? That's, that's what he's saying. The, the, the spiritual trip is not a cave in the Himalayas. So you can start there, but you can't end there. It is rather birthed out of and in relationship to the context in which you find yourselves and I would say, to your life story, right? This call to, to pay attention to the way in which um, your life has taken its shape and making sure that there is a clear tether or, um, or rootedness in your heartbeat, in the ground of your being, is really the only way to find a, um, a meaningful life, maybe given expression in your spiritual life, that is real, right? Candy says now that her, and she used language like this all the time in, the, in my conversation, she was so sure that she had finally come to this place where um, she would say, this is who I am now. I mean, I, I, she is so, her compass is so dialed in because it's kind of gone through this matrix of finding true self and the kind of the insights of suffering along the way. Those things came together and she's in full blossom. That's what I would say. She's in full blossom at this point in time. And it's a, I think it's a space we all long to live into that while each of us are probably in some different stage of thinking about 
our own spiritual path and the religious tradition that we're a part of. As we come out of COVID and we think about having to return back to some of the religious patterns that we had, one of the gifts we've had along the way is that this kind of pause has allowed all of us to think about, well, who, who am I really? And, and how do I, as I re-engage the public realm and the religious realm in these settings that once were kind of patterns of behavior for me, are they really connected to who I am? And, and if they're not, how can I either modify them or, or be open to new possibilities of what might be inviting me into a fuller expression of my spiritual self in the world? That to me uh, sounds like a worthy uh, goal and journey to be on together. All right. Thanks for being a part of Soul Forum. I'm hoping that this episode has allowed you a sense to see how um, Candy in particular, and maybe invited you to think about how do you, you know, tether your soul's journey to your most authentic self. Next week, April sits down with Candy and starts to listen to some of the life stories that allow Candy this sense of, I don't know, what I might call compass confidence, right? This real um, way in which she's found a grounding for her perspective that's tethered directly to all that she's been through in life. And this moment that she has, that she's grounded so deeply in all that, is just a beautiful thing. And I think it invites all of us to think about how do we wanna move more closely to that experience where our, our soul is resonating with our deepest self. Hopefully you're finding your way into that as well. We'll catch you next week. This episode of Soul Forum has been brought to you by Storycatcher for iPhone, a fun and simple tool that helps you create shareable keepsake video stories. Be the documentarian in your circles. Find Storycatcher, spelt as all one word, on the Apple App Store. You may attend Soul Forum Live each Sunday morning at Creekside Commons in Lafayette, California. The 30-minute presentation is also live-streamed via YouTube and Facebook, where people interact via the chat. After the live stream is complete, for those gathering in person, we then enter into a non-recorded group discussion on the day's topic. We'd love for you to join us for Soul Forum.